who's they now? Because whoever they are, I have more money than them. If the person with the most money has that conscious conversion and just thinks maybe there's something beyond being an asshole. Maybe there's maybe being an asshole isn't the isn't the greatest thing that I that I can be. Maybe there's something else. And then so maybe a campaign that targets whoever's the next person that's going to be richer than. Elon well, and, and everybody on the way, I think a campaign think. Absolutely. Like a campaign that is that is directed, like recording, like record video letters, letters to the editor, but letters to the leaders. And what if we had a lot of people doing that? What if we had a critical mass, you know, of entrepreneurial or public figure type people creating video letters to leaders saying this is what I think we should be doing differently. How much fun would that be? But Sarah, the thing is, the leaders aren't aren't the ones that are making these decisions, right? Somebody's deciding that these leaders can be in power. So it could be a campaign called Letters to They, because they <laughs> are the ones who make the decision, right? Martians landed, yes. wearing Prada suits, yes. drinking Henry's seltzer, yes. chewing juicy fruit. Yes, and your branding here. Yes, brand. Your message here. Yes, and a verse about. Yes, your product here. Yes, I'm Hirsch Redman. Yes, and I'm a message therapist. Yes, and I have a podcast. Yes, brand. That's right. That's it. Yes, we'll help you fix the world. Yes, or your bottom line. All right. Your bottom line. Get it. I get it. Welcome to the Yes Brand Podcast. My guest today on Yes Brand is Sarah Yamtich. Sarah is the CEO and founder of Conscious Conversion. The best way I can describe Conscious Conversion is a holistic multimedia marketing agency supporting thought leaders and spiritual entrepreneurs. So stop there for a second and think about what spiritual entrepreneurs conjures up for you, because we're going to talk about it. But I do know that one of the things, because I relate to this as well, one of the things that's very close to Sarah's heart is seeing people who want to make changes in the world, have an impact in the world, and then helping them get their message out and get their message to people. And I, I relate to that. So Sarah, welcome. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Hirsch. It's delightful to be here with you. So this is a time of change. I think we we all know. Um, by the way, Sarah is coming to us from Maui, and that's part of the change. She's fairly new to Maui. She and her son have moved there. She lived in Costa Rica. She's described herself as kind of a, a semi-nomadic or nomadic soul. Um, one of the things we can also touch on is... Um, Doing something new at this moment in time. Is the change happening because of all the stuff that's going on in the world? Or is the change that we're engaging in happening in spite of it? Tell us a little of your your recent experience. Wow. Well, you know, that's a great question. And I think it's both and, either or, none. Because I made the decision to leave Atlanta, Georgia in 2019. Well, I made the decision in 2017. I was living there. And then I went to Costa Rica and had this magical experience at a waterfall and had this just sort of a a spiritual epiphany. 
and then semi-consciously got my life in order to move down in August of 2019 to Costa Rica, which was six months before the proverbial, you know, what hit the fan in certain ways. So not that it hadn't before and since, (laughs) but so it's hard to know whether, you know, time is this interesting thing. Did I have some sort of pre preconceived notion of what was happening in the world and knew to get the heck out of Dodge? Or was that this beautiful coincidence? So it's kind of hard to know which yeah. the, the, the state of the world and whether that moves me towards change or whether my change is happening in spite of what's happening around me. I think that's a great question. Like you do probably in the spiritual realm, it's probably more about the questions than the answers. We don't necessarily know what the answers are until we hit upon questions that are so inspiring that we have to find an answer for them. Now, Mm. I'm hoping this show, this Yes Brand show, will be interesting because every guest that I have on has a brand. We're diving into the the whys and wherefores of, of how we sell the truth in this case how do we how do we get how do we get behind our our brands and do what we all call selling which is to get people to pay attention to us and either buy what we're putting out there or adopt what we're putting out there and and still be stand out in the crowd be sincere it's almost like how do you how do you be sincerely arresting sincerely shocking, you know, not not needlessly theatrical. So in order to understand what we're working with here, tell the audience a little bit about conscious conversion and a couple examples of maybe your clients and how you're helping them toward this new paradigm. I love I love the question because it really shows how in sync you are. I just yeah. So what I call that, that sort of that thing that you just spoke to is positively polarizing. You have to, you have to sort of stop people in their tracks these days with, with what we call marketing. And I think everything requires a new paradigm these days right now, like the educate, in my opinion, the educational system, the political system, the economic system, everything needs a reframe, whether that's a conceptual reframe or an actual new structure or new architecture to the system. And that new paradigm is something that's, um, that has to be, it's, it's kind of an inner job, right? And so we have to speak to the hearts and minds of people. We have to like really get into the nooks and crannies of people's hearts and minds. It's not about marketing and trying to get people to buy a thing that they don't really need or purchase a thing that they don't really need. It really needs to be about an in creating, helping to create an internal shift towards a more regenerative way of living on the planet, a more compassionate way of living on the planet. Something that gets away from the extreme polarity of, of good versus evil, light versus right. dark, and finding the middle path of how can we find unity consciousness, and they were getting pretty like esoteric and dorkily spiritual, but how can we find that sort of unity consciousness and inspire that? And that's really what conscious conversion is about, is conversion is this metaphor for sales. You know, we say like, how many conversions did you get, you know, in in digital marketing? But I really want to think about it in a very more conscious way, because that is the new paradigm is how can we bring consciousness to all the shadows and all the stuff in our society? How can we bring 
more consciousness to all of that. And so if we can help create that shift in the more, in a more mainstream audience of let's live on this planet in a better way, let's find some middle ground. Let's all connect with one one another. Yes. And not either yeah. or. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Let, that's a, that's a really good point. Cause I think that a lot of what's happening now is people don't accept the offer, right? Two sides of the spectrum don't accept the premise of the other, even in theory, even in, mm-hmm. even in, let me see what, you know, if, if, if the whole world were improv and everybody had to do the yes and game and they had to, and they had to accept what the other person's saying just for fun, just for the sake of the game, because you're playing the game and then give them something back. I wonder how that would play. You know, you'd have leaders of, of nations saying, uh, you know, this is the this is what this is what's happening to the planet. And then the opposed party would say, instead of no, it isn't, would say yes. And something else they have to come up with. You know, we're you you have a business mind, a marketing mind. You were not coming to at spirituality from some kind of nirvana, some kind of blissful ignorance about the way the world works. And that's where I think when people hear spiritual entrepreneur, it sounds like some kind of oxymoron. Like they, they think that, oh, that's, if you're spiritual, why would you be a, care about, about entrepreneurship? Like, why would you care uh, about, can you speak a little to that? I'd love to. That's my favorite topics. Thank you, Hirsch. <laughs> I, so entrepreneurship, I had like one of those epiphanal moments, like in 2012, 13, 14, and during that period of time when online marketing was starting to become more sort of prevalent. And I started to feel like entrepreneurship was a spiritual act. It is, it's like, you really have to find yourself. There's a hero's journey, a deep hero's journey that one must go on in order to be an entrepreneur. You've got to walk through the fire. You've got to take risks. You've got to jump off cliffs. You've got to pray, (laughs) you know, Uh, a lot of times, especially coming from like the solopreneur into entrepreneurship, you know, there's just, there's just a lot that comes with it that feels very much like a spiritual act. And, and I suppose it it depends on how you're looking at it. If you're looking at it in terms of here's how to make six figures in six days with my free manifestation guide, that does get a little old and that does get a little pretty darn bypassy. I've seen those kinds yeah. of things that I do think are well-intentioned, but it's to me, I'm really wanting to, I'm really more interested in people who are actually embodying a new way of being in the world. Like, okay, so sure, six figures would help, right? It would help us contribute to our local economy. What's the intention behind wanting to, to create that level of prosperity or abundance in my life. What do I actually want to have happen? What kind of impact do I want to make in the world? And that's the motivation that I, I want to interact with as an entrepreneur. I had a guest on my other podcast, Truth Tastes Funny. He was using as an example, making a certain amount of money per month. And he, say, he said, uh, so if this is the amount of money that you would like to make per month, what do you want it for? What do you want it for? Like, that was a very interesting question because most yeah. of the time people figure, yeah, you need it. I need, I got my rent. I got my, you know, and he was just sincerely asking like, well, what is it? What is it for? Like, what, what is the, 
what is the purpose that the money is supposed to serve? Let's dig as deep as we can into what your want is and what you really what you're really hoping to do and not worry about the money because this much money is really this much money and it's you know yeah it's it's yeah. it's it's all it's all relative to some weird preconception that we have of what it what it means and i think sometimes we find out that money is really just status you know like at a certain point to to be able to say that you that you're this profitable as a human and that's a mm. a weird gauge to to consider your profitability as a human being what i think people don't always understand is what what when someone says a new paradigm what do they mean recycle like is that it is it recycling you know what is what is a new so talk to us a little bit about about this this vision this collective vision for a different world because that i think while it sounds so esoteric is really at the heart of your your brand is really this world, right? This other, this other evolution, which people can relate to, because we re we relate to space travel, we relate to aliens, we relate to ghosts, we relate to all the things that we see in all of our favorite movies, and yet we can't necessarily understand consciousness or karma or sometimes compassion. Like, but we get aliens and we get. You know, we get the, the Planet of the Apes and we get all that stuff. So what is the new uh, world, this new world that we're hopefully in your mind striving to create? Huh. So on one level, I could answer this for hours and have so much fun, um, but I will do I will do my best <laughs> not to do that. On, <laughs> on one hand, it's a mystery... That. We'll come back great. to the next 10 episodes of Yes, okay, Brand. Sarah yes, Yamkich, episode six. <laughs> if you remember in episode five. Okay, go ahead. On one hand, it's an unfolding mystery. On one hand, the world that you're asking me about, I don't know what it looks like. And nobody really, really, truly knows what it looks like. And yet we are being called forth to, to experiment with envisioning it and living into it. Experiment with embodying what we think is possible because honestly the way that things are going with you know um the climate or what, whatever you know um injustices in the world or censorship or what it, politics and the polarity of politics wherever you look a medical you know pandemic like wherever you look there's something that you like that needs to something needs to shift there i don't know exactly what it is so we know that there's something that needs to happen and I think that the onus is on yeah. us as individuals. Nobody's going to come and rescue us. So the onus is on us as individuals and as communities, whether that be your geographic community or your online community or both, in my case, both. Um, it's on us to, to talk about it and to visualize what and, and, and feel really deeply feel into an embodiment of what that new world could look like. And we might stumble into something and be like, well, that's not it. <laughs> <laughs> or that's it, but that's not how we get there. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's moments in my life where I'm like, well, that was an interesting um, experiment <laughs> that I will not do again. Um, yeah. But yes. I think we need a lot That was a, a glorious failure. Of, yeah, exactly. And I don't, I don't mind it because I, I know that we need to do this. And that's 
bringing me to another piece of it, which, um, well, there's so much. Um, recycling is a bit, it's important, I guess, I guess, but it's a bit of a bypass. It's one of those things that people tell you to do so that you can check it off in your head and not have to do something a little bit deeper or more important or more embodied. The embodiment is really sort of like, I think, like asking the earth around you, asking the trees, getting in communion with the natural world and being like, what do you, how can I be of service to the regeneration of this planet? And then deeply listening. Maybe recycling as part of it should be. I mean, it's an easy enough thing to do, whether they're actually doing the recycling business or not, I don't know, but you might as well do that. But what else can we do? Is it something about, um, you know, living off grid. Maybe that's too extreme. Is it something about doing something in your local community? Like just really asking the question, living in the question and looking for the answers around you and following that. Another thing that I think is really important is for us to think extremely creatively. We cannot be boxed in by what society has told us is okay up to this point. We have to get creative. And that's one reason why I'm super passionate about plant medicine. That's not for everybody. I'm not necessarily advocating it for everybody, but that's something that I do. I work with um, a, a, a cactus medicine uh, with, that has a mescaline, mescaline um, potency. And what that kind of thing does is it, it, re, it, it creates new neural pathways in the brain. It creates new ways of looking at the world. It completely transformed my life whenever I first embarked on, on this ceremonially in 2018. So that also helps me kind of start to feel into like, how can we start to embody a new paradigm? And what are some of the, what are some of the visions we could have of it? How can, can we actually create some sort of garden of Eden on this planet? Is that possible? Are we being too pie in the sky? And even if we are, can we get a percentage of it and work towards that? Anyway, I could keep going. I'll yeah. shut up for a moment. <laughs> well, but no, but the, but the, the, the the if you think about it i think we have to approach this stuff with the same brazenness that industrialists who who just want to you know make more money and 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 have convinced themselves that the planet's just resilient or whatever it is what i i wonder what they think but you know everybody does everybody's baffled by well what do, what do these big corporations think like they're smart they may be disinforming their audiences and using, you know, various tools to do that. That's no big scientific feat, but they they know the truth and they have access to the truth and they had it before we did because they're in the industries that are causing it. So what what is their what is the imperative and can those minds evolve? Because I think what I what I picture when you talk about it, mm -hmm. is a, a actually a conscious conversion. People consciously feeling like they want to actually go this way. Like, yeah, you know, what am I going to lose if I start to envision something really amazing? What is the, what do the wealthy lose from, you know, and and a lot of the people who take part in in uh, in some of the various events and things that your clients do have means, right? So you're speaking in, in a lot of cases to people with means to contribute to these to these uh, uh, endeavors, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a that's a 
beautiful point. And in my world, in this world of what we're calling spiritual entrepreneurship, I don't know that a lot of us have a ton of means when it comes to making big contributions right. to the at the scope. But what I, I love, and I want to come back to that, like I want to come talk more about that, but I just want to also back up to, I love what you're saying though about that sort of conscious conversion at the very top, because that's really our best hope. And that's where instead of being this polarized, like us versus them, how can we defeat them getting into like, how can we inspire? How can we inspire the shift? Because it is so choice, joyful to make that shift. There is, there is an incentive to, to make that shift because it feels somehow like being, having integrity, being in integrity feels good, <laughs> you know? And um, yeah. those people at the very, very top are they feeling good? How are they feeling about their impact on the world? I'm curious. Yeah, yeah. Well, what this has opened up for me, this is why I love doing this and why I love having these conversations is because if you think about it, the people who have to be reached and consciously converted are that upper, upper echelon of power simply because the balance of power is so is so off. You know, if if we if we were looking at a world where everybody doing their share is going to somehow change the world, then then that that would be great and it's possible that there is power in numbers and that people the will of the people will change the will of the of those in power, but in reality, the fastest route is a conscious conversion of the most um of the most powerful. And among those elite, among those power players, there are likely people who are who are primed already for that because their 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 minds is that much open to it. But they, for various reasons, you know, like you learn a lot from watching The Handmaid's Tale. If you watch the <laughs> The Handmaid's Tale, you know that show, you you get a look at what really what America is. And what America has always been. So it's, you know, I hate to, to say it that way, but that's, that is what it is. That is America. That isn't, that isn't like oh. America in some dystopian, you know, that's America pretty much. It's just, we, and if you look at those people at the very top, yeah, you look at the people at the very top, they're struggling with some of those uh, realities that they're responsible for. Well, so, and if you have some compassion, if yeah. you think, if you believe that you're responsible for a bit of a dystopic world, there are, your ego is going to do everything it can to sweep that under the rug and keep moving forward. You know, I mean, so if we can have some compassion for like, you know, like this is, that's what they, what everybody's talking about shadow work and who really knows what it means. But to me, what that actually means, that, right. that sort of buzzword actually means is, is really taking the time to look at like, what have I done on a micro level that I feel some level of shame for? And how can I shine some light on that and forgive myself for it so that I can not do that thing anymore unconsciously? So the people at the top have so, if they have that little awakening voice in there, somewhere in there, which we imagine that they do, there's a lot for them to, to work with in terms of like shame of what they've done in the world, probably, I would imagine. Um, and having and shedding yeah. light on that 
is going to require a lot of self-compassion and maybe some compassion from the masses. So I do believe in the power of numbers. I do think that if enough of us really do kind of convert to living in harmony with nature, leveraging technology to live more in harmony with nature, to asking these kinds of questions, to living in the questions about like, what is the new paradigm? What can we create? And by new paradigm, I just want to also caveat that there are shamanic indigenous you know, ancestral lineages that have been thinking about this for thousands of years. We're not the first people to think about what the world could be like and embody it. Others have been doing that for a long, long, long time. It's just that mainstream technologically and economically advanced, and I say that with quotes, cultures can now start to embody that as well and bring that to a more mainstream place on the planet so that it has an impact. Anyway, I digress. I don't even know where I was going with that because, um, uh, it's such an inspiring conversation to me. It's, it, it's all that's the, yeah. And that's why we record it because then we can listen <laughs> back to it and go like, Oh, that was, that was, I don't know where, let me go back to that point of view that, well, we have mm-hmm. 10 episodes of this, of this one episode. So we're going to, this will be a 10 hour mini series, but I would love to do, I would love to do a campaign that targets beyond that even aims higher than the, ultra rich but because what happens is you have this this dichotomy we talk about how the country's polarized as though the u.s is polarized in two halves you know that's really that's really only one polarization another polarization is is the the one percent or the the 0.01 percent and you know everybody else including the people that are you know, that are subscribing to whatever thousand they're, percent. They're, they're. So yeah. my thing there's the is, divide and conquer. Let's do, thing. A, let's yeah. do a campaign. Right. Let's do a campaign that's geared at the at the point oh one percent. And like the 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 opening line would be something like, so you're richer than Elon Musk. Now what? And it's like, so what are you going to do? So now you're you've passed Elon Musk, he's he's no longer the richest man in the world. So we can stop talking about him for five minutes. You're the richest person in the world. And what are you going to do? Are you going to make an ass of yourself and just be a nerd and a buffoon? And I'm not pointing at anybody in particular, but I'm like saying, is that one thing you could do? Or are you going to are you going to start looking backward the other way at, okay, now I can survey the entire world because it's mine. Oh, well, now the world is yours. Now what do you want to do with it? Do you want to keep Putin in place? You want to keep this thing there? Do you want to do? And and if I had that much money, and I've never thought about it, um, but if I had that much money, the first thing I would do is find out who's calling all the shots. Right. right. Like, yeah, I would be like, OK, so I'm now I'm now worth, you know, whatever trillions of dollars, whatever it was. And. I'm, I have access to everybody, so I'm going to find out who's who's who are they, who's they now, because whoever they are, I have more money than them, presumably. Maybe if they pool it all together, now I can vote, find out what they're doing and why. So maybe an autocracy, so to speak, isn't the worst thing ever. If the if the autocrat at the top with the most money, the person with the most money, has that conscious conversion and just thinks maybe there's something beyond being an asshole. Maybe there's, maybe being an asshole isn't the, isn't the greatest thing that I, that I can be. Maybe there's something else. And then 
So maybe a campaign that targets whoever's the next person that's going to be richer than Elon well, and Musk. and everybody on the way. That I think a campaign think absolutely yeah. like a campaign that is that is directed like recording like record video letters letters to the editor but letters to the leaders and yeah. what if we had a lot of people doing take... that what if we had a critical mass a rel you know of entrepreneurial or public figure type people creating video letters to leaders saying this is what I think we should be doing differently or this is how I think you know this is what I think we need to be embodying or what we need to question and tagging them on all freaking social media well, and publishing that how much fun would that be we could we could <laughs> we could not only do that but but Sarah the thing is you think okay we're going to write to these leaders which is which is fine but the leaders aren't aren't the ones that are making these decisions, right? Somebody's deciding that these leaders can be in power. So it could be a campaign called Letters to They because <laughs> they are the ones who make the decision, right? I remember talking to a friend of mine during the, the, the 2016 election and he's, he's, you know, he's a mercurial type and I'm, I'm uh, at some point I'm going to start like, uh, crediting people but i some some of these stories i can't like just use their name but <laughs> you know i, I but a mercurial character and and i say uh wow i wonder i wonder who's gonna win this who's gonna win this election and he says uh they haven't decided yet mm. and i go uh i go what he goes yeah they they haven't decided yet that's why there's all this kind of mystery around it they don't even know they haven't even decided. I, I said, who's they? Which, just, which, you know, you know, they. So it's, yeah, it's which figurehead so, do we want to put in charge? Which figurehead yeah, will, so, will so, be the most impactful for our endeavors? And, 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 and so I think that that's maybe the, the, certainly a hard target for conscious conversion, you know, in terms of humor, it has that that self-deprecating thing. I'm writing letters to they, right? <laughs> Who are they? I'm admitting that I'm tiny. I'm admitting that I'm insignificant and inconsequential. But to your point, Sarah, so is everybody else. And if you actually ball everybody else up on a mission, then they, they're, they're, they are consequential. So, you know, this... But I, but I love this idea also of being the richest person in the world because I do find it interesting the way people respond to Elon Musk. Like, you know, based on what? You know, based on all these – based on the richest man in the world thing. But isn't, isn't Putin really the richest man in the world? Doesn't he control more money than Elon Musk does? But he just can't be going around buying Twitter because that's not his – that's not his bag, you know. He doesn't buy Twitter. He's doing, mm -hmm. you know, seriously horrible things for whatever his problem is. But it's like we're not even talking about Putin. We're talking about they. They are. <laughs> there is no one person that's making these decisions. I don't even think Elon Musk knows who it is because I think he's too wrapped up in himself, you know. So a lot of these people don't even see who they are because who they they are because they're so wrapped up in me. So it's like, you know, I don't know who they are. You know, they 
they. And some of these people are with them, right? They are in the same room as them, but they don't necessarily know who they are. And I think it would be great to address they directly to find out, you know, maybe there's more. Because I guarantee you that none of they are sitting there on that mountaintop going, this is, this is plenty. None mm -hmm. of them are sitting there going, I am enough. This mm. is enough. I am, I am fulfilled. This feels good. This feels wonderful. They're like, what's that? What's that over there? Ooh, I, I better need get more. I need plane. more. I need more. I better yeah. go. I better go spout some anti-Semitic bullshit that's going to make me all of a sudden be in and feel like people are listening to me and paying attention to me for five minutes. It's like, it's like, man, the un unrest that these people have to unload. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's 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 what I think we have to get at. What are their what are their problems? Don't judge them just because they have all this money. This may be more of a problem than you realize this money. You know, they mm -hmm. might have been perfectly happy with a million dollars, a hundred million dollars if they didn't have any other way to get any more. And they had to accept that as like that there was a cap. There was a limit. You know, mm -hmm. so but but that's what I'm thinking now with the conscious conversion thing is that and you're you're so right that we pull everybody else along with that. You're, yeah, you're pulling you're pulling everybody along. It's like, who's the campaign for? It's for anybody with a trillion dollars or less. So <laughs> so, so who who needs a, a conscious conversion? Anybody with a trillion dollars or less. But but that's kind of. That's kind of where where I'm looking to lately, I guess, you know. Uh, so 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 tell me tell me more about your experience. T let's tell me a little more about your life experience because I know I know what you've been doing recently, but I don't know much about like where you grew up or how you came to. Uh, you know, pursue this as a, as your, as your life's mission? Uh, wow. Okay. So I, I'll just do a quick rundown of my background. I grew up in Southwest Missouri. Yeah, do a quick so, one. And then in episode two, yeah, in, well, in episode we'll two, we'll do the, uh, we'll do the full life story, but. Yeah. So grew up in Southwest Missouri, single mom in a trailer, um, went to college uh, for anthropology and women's studies, got a master's in social work policy. Um, and really wanted to make a positive impact in the world and didn't necessarily, I was kind of a closet spiritual. I had rejected um, dogmatic religion at a pretty young age. So it took me a while to sort of refine my place in spirituality because I was very skeptical and somewhat traumatized, not by my own family, but by the community and the perceptions that they held about, about certain things and people in the world. And so it took me a while to come back to it. And I ended up going to work towards making an impact on the world in a more bureaucratic sort of way. So I ended up working for the federal government in a congressional office, working on women's policy issues on the Hill and working on violence prevention policy. And then I got a job at Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, in the Division of Violence Prevention, and worked as a legislative policy analyst there. And then ended up taking some time in Tanzania, working in the Global AIDS program and writing speeches for the ambassador 
and working in Kenya on a violence against women and children survey to educate folks there about um, violence. So I had this very, you know, in some ways, really fulfilling and successful career path. And yet working in bureaucracy did not actually work for me. I didn't, I didn't really, it didn't speak to my, who I am. I'm kind of a renegade spirit with a lot of wanderlust. And I have a, a, I think a tough time. I I very quickly started to, and I I wouldn't say it was all, I think this was a continuation from my youth, um, a very skeptical sort of questioning youth. But I was like, why are we all locking ourselves up in concrete boxes and staring at boxes of light all day long when we could be outside communing with nature? And I don't even know what that looks like. It's not like I'm this huge gardener or anything like that. Not a homesteader, but like, I just (laughs) felt, I just felt like this is weird. The way that humans have chosen to operate in the world, doing paperwork and staring at computer screens all day, shielded from the sunlight and from nature in these concrete jungles, it doesn't make any sense. So long story short, I jumped ship, um, started uh, on a path towards getting a certification in life coaching. I got into digital marketing that way and ended up really enjoying it. Like um, I ended up getting, doing some freelancing and, and getting, landing a job at a digital marketing agency. And quickly that agency, which started out really as just having like three to five clients jumped up to like 40 clients under my purview. And I started thinking in ads in and in, in kind of a good way, like how would I want to frame this in order that it could speak to more people and how could I do that in an authentic way? And then that, that the more I did that, the more I was like, I need to work with people and with brands and with individuals that I can get behind that I really feel are making a positive impact. I don't want to do this for six figures in six days, you know, Russell Brunson, no, no, no offense, <laughs> but I, I really... I, yeah. I wanted to do it in a way that felt really, really authentic. Um, and so I started yeah. my own agency in 2018. And this is glossing over so much, but I started my own agency in 2018 so that I could work with people that I thought were making a big impact in the world and I could help to bring their message into, into the world. And, um, and that just continues today, except it's just continuing to evolve and shift and change the way that, um, the way that I operate, operate because I am constantly evolving. I think this is this is the time for people of that sensibility because the world's been changing like we started talking about in our in the beginning of the conversation is it are we causing it is it already our re, is it our reaction to it but the fact is that people there is no such thing as a linear path really because mm-hmm. nothing is stable enough to really be linear like like it was even when I got out of college, you know, when I was going to college, I could have gone to law school, gone to medical school or, you know, um, I went to I went to film school for a little while. But it was like, you know, that I went to work in advertising, but you could envision careers and you certainly wouldn't start worrying about the planet or worrying about the weather or worrying about which some people still don't worry about these things at all. And, you know, God bless them if they're have no worries about any of these things and just kind of it all just seems fine but you know there was there wasn't anything that really required a lot of a lot of deep thought if you didn't want to you could just you could just pretty much be a blank and that would come with a b and c yeah and i don't know that that really exists and i don't know that this generation of young people are interested in that 
at all. It doesn't seem that way with my kids and it doesn't seem that way with their friends that there's like that, oh, I'm going to just go You know, I think they they get a bad rap from the older generations for Nike not having enough motivation, but I think they're just motivated by very different things. And that, and I don't know, I'm not an expert in this, but I think that there's a need for fulfillment. You know, I think like to, to feel like you're actually having an impact in the world, to feel like you're actually making a difference. And if you don't have that, it's so easy to get pulled into other distractions but I think we, we yearn as humans on a deep soul and spiritual level to have fulfillment and impact in the world right now. And we're less concerned because we see how unstable money is and we see how unstable all of those things are, that those things are becoming less and less important. I mean, gosh, I, you know, I, I, I wish for my immediate community and family and myself and those around me and all of us to have our needs so well met that we can exist in a, in a deep state of creatorship and creation and making the world that we want to live in. Like I want us all to have our needs and our resources well met. And we also at the same time, yes. And realize that um, things like money are less important and and not nearly so important as the impact that we're going to have in the world. And I think that the younger generations are feeling that more and more. And that's my prayer too. Yeah. I I think that's beautifully stated uh, Sarah, because the, feelings that they have are like, as I listen to you speak, I get that discomfort. I think that we all have of a certain generation, like looking at this and being disingenuous. You like, like, I think there's a stigma around purpose, right? You talk about purpose, you talk about doing good and people will kind of look at it with a certain dubiousness, like it's either presumptuous of you or you're ignoring the realities of day-to-day life. But young people are coming up in an, in an era where, you know, the future isn't secured, isn't promised to them. And their good, their do-good uh, inclinations are not, they don't, they're not ashamed of them. Like, like they're not ashamed to be an activist. You know, mm. there, there was a time not long ago and still where if you're an activist, quote unquote, you're some kind of nut. You're some kind of tree hugger. You're a, you're a, you're a, you know. Now, sure, there were people who engaged in that stuff for their own gratification just to make themselves feel like they're making a difference, but they really don't care. Or they are so unfulfilled that they look into new agey, quote unquote, stuff to try to kind of solve the problems. But I think this new generation is more genuine. And I do too. so yeah. th- they, don't, they don't have these conversations about whether it's okay to have purpose. That sounds, yeah. you know, foolish to, to, to them. But people uh, my age and older than myself and people who have been brought up in a traditional uh, business dynamic will have this sense of, okay, yeah, purpose is all well and good. Don't sound too foofy about it. Don't, don't, don't sound presumptuous or, or pretentious well, about it. And I think, I think there's a stigma. There's a stigma around doing good things. I think so too. And I think that that's, 
that's what I, early in this conversation I said, you know, we're going to like kind of experiment and fail and then say, oops, and then reroute and try something different. And that's like what I think we have to do um, as those of us in, in our collective generation. We have to, if we want to live in integrity, then we kind of have to stumble around. And sure, there might be moments where we're spiritually bypassing and we're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to try this thing. And, and it's like, OK, yeah, that's that's not actually the thing. So we have to have compassion for ourselves and for each other as we figure out how to deal with the stigmas and how we deal with like the various like onslaught of existential crises that we might have around putting ourselves right. out there as activists or as public figures or as digital marketers in this age. And I completely agree that I think that younger people are less apt to have these, these existential crises and that we, every generation is a bridge, right? And I'm just really tapping into in what ways that me and my generation is a bridge or are a bridge. You know, there's, there's sort of the way that we've been operating for hundreds, if not arguably thousands of years on this planet in a very top-down, hierarchical, patriarchal way. And we're looking towards a newer way that is more in alignment with nature, that is more sort of midline and integrated and embodied. And how can I be a bridge from that world to this new world that has to unfold? for us to survive on this planet. The planet's going to survive no matter what, but how if we want to continue to evolve on this planet, then we're going to have to shift. It's funny because we, if we, our minds are often so small as to what we accept as real. You know, like if there were a landlord of the earth and the <sighs> landlord was a person and we knew that they were the landlord and they came over and said, listen, you got to clean this place up. If this place, if you leave this place looking like shit, you're out. You're out. I'm throwing you out. You. I'm throwing your yeah. shit out, and you're gonna have to find 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 some other place to 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 live. And that's kind of what the Earth's saying. That's kind of what's happening. That's kind of what's going on with the storms and the and the ice caps and all that stuff. Well, but we don't oh. we don't believe it because it's not a person with a shrill I, this voice. Is- this is very much um, in alignment with the spiritual epiphany I had in 2017 at a waterfall in Costa Rica was I was having that. I was like, knock us off, like get rid of us. We've, we fucked it up. I'm sorry. <laughs> and I felt this yeah. deep voice, not that I didn't hear voices, but I felt it, a voice of the earth saying, we've done that before. It didn't really work because we're here again. So I would rather yeah. we just like you just realize that you are Earth. You are we are conscious embodiment of this planet. We are animals on this planet that have this amazing consciousness. And the Earth would prefer that we shift that consciousness to be more in alignment with who we are as conscious embodiments of this planet, as opposed to having to be, OK, let's do a deluge. Let's burn it all to the ground again and see if they can build it back up and do it right this time. Way better if we right. actually just step in line with an evolving consciousness. That Way more efficient. I mean, we Way can, more efficient. We can get <laughs> we we can see if we can get Morgan Freeman or Judy Dench to be the earth, <laughs> to be the planet and try to get them to 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 break it down for the people, but I still think even that would be a this 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 idea of of uh, targeting the 0.01 percent theoretically in a in a campaign is something I I want to think more about only because 
You know, in the end, what are you, what are we trying to do? In the end, we're trying to affect change. We're trying to, you know, help your help your clients, help their clients, their audience. And in the end, it's all supposed to circle back and serve us and get us somewhere. And in order to do that, we have to reach a lot of people. That's that's all there is is to it, you know. Absolutely. You know, and one thing that's what I, I in these conversations. That's I one thing I petitioned for you asked, you said that maybe I have I work with clients who have a lot of resources and actually the people I'm really wanting to work with. Um, and I have some of these clients are people who don't necessarily have resources like that. Like the people that I, that are in my wow. immediate vicinity who are fucking amazing, like channelers of really, really good information and good work in the world, conscious embodiment, this plant medicine, like all these things that, that are really um, cool. And they don't have money to pay for me to put together a media kit and a PR plan and run ads and, and do the copywriting and all and do all that. I have a team I have to pay. I can't pay for it myself either. So I'm like, are there people that have resources that would like to help fund the new the awakening of the planet and to help fund the new paradigm? Because wouldn't it be cool if you and I could collaborate on a campaign like that? It would require some resources. Who wants to help put in some resources yeah. to put some expertise, some marketing expertise behind a campaign reaching into that consciousness of the 0.01%? Because that would be a fun project. Yeah. Well, let's write a pitch we've, deck. We've, we've figured out <laughs> this much in under an hour, in fifty-one minutes and a half. We've figured out this much, and all all we have to do is make sure this when this episode starts to get get around, and then we'll share it and put a call out to uh, to people who are who have the means to support these kinds of endeavors, and uh, and want to reach the the point oh one percent. It's funny because if you're targeting the 0.01%, there's humor just in who we would turn down as influencers, you know, because <laughs> the, the stakes are so high. It's like you could get, you know, George Clooney, you could get whoever and you'd be like, listen, I'm really sorry, but they are not impressed with this. You got to understand we're going after a very, very elite group of viewers here and they're not impressed by people with a you know i mean george clooney has almost a billion dollars i'm sorry but that's that's okay it's cute that's nice well but i wonder if they listen to him i was gonna say do do they care about what he has to say they might they, they might. might but 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 <sighs> but i think they also i think the the humor would come in somebody like george clooney saying listen <laughs> i know i'm just i know i'm just a not even a, a near billionaire, but I want to serve you. I want to help you with whatever you want to do. Tell me what would make the, to, okay, I'm George Clooney and you own my ass. I'll do whatever you want. Now take a deep breath, look out on the world and what do you want to do? You know, it's that mindset, which is what, and again, he's talking to they, we don't know who they we, we still don't know who they are. Here we've been talking for 53 minutes and a half now, and we still don't know who they are. But Clooney probably has some idea who they are. But why, why he won't tell me. So I, I don't know. <laughs> but but see, but we need we do need we do need a, a little bit of some, some resources and, uh, you know, and then it'll come into focus. Then then this this campaign will, will come into focus. But I think it would be it would be great. 
would be fun. Um, yeah. That was not our endeavor when we when we sat down really to it, it. It's always like I always leave room for it and I always like to throw out some ideas, but I would have no idea what what the what the thing would be. It's only that it happens, you know. Um, oh, I think we could I think so we could collaborate. Happen. We could collaborate with one another and with the universe and with our respective teams to come up with something brilliant. Yeah. I, I agree. And you know what? Having worked with a lot of a lot of brands over the years, I'm not intimidated by having the earth as a client. I think, uh, you know, I've dealt with far worse. I've dealt with far worse. And uh, and so, you know, I'm all right. I want that I'm to right be our that. motto. Well, it's like the earth is our client. <laughs> the earth is our client. I know you're in a different time zone in Maui. I don't know whether it's whether it's like the middle of the night there or what, but, um, <laughs> but te- leave our, leave our audience with any thought or wish or, 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 uh, or contemplation that you would like to share. I think just as much as possible, if we can live in the, in the question of how we can be of service to the evolution of our, of our consciousness and of this planet like that, to me is is the more that we each can ask that question on a daily basis every morning i wake up and i ask like how can i be of service to an awakening planet to the consciousness of this planet and to the regeneration of this of this beautiful home that we have um the more that we each can do that and the more that we can the more ourselves we become in that process the more we live into our purpose and into our dharma. And I know we talked about the stigma associated with that, but the more of us that, that just kind of brush that off and let that all go release the stories and just live as much as possible into um, how can we create more sort of beautiful, a beautiful world that we can all co-create and collaborate in the better. So just live in the question. If you liked the show, yes, and it worked for you, yes, and subscribe and leave a yes, five-star review, yes, tell all your friends, yes, get your branding here, yes, get your branding here, yes, did I make it clear?